0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 138. And today we're going to be looking at prayer, questions about prayer. Uh, This is a text where Jesus is asked by one of his disciples, teach us how to pray. Obviously, whoever the student was had some questions, don't we all, right? Don't we all have questions about prayer, especially when our prayers are not answered. Yeah, that's the funny thing. You know, if we pray, if we ask God for something and everything works out the way that we hope for, well, for a brief moment, and that's wonderful, it's great. We tend not to question that. But when all is not well, and we're asking, and we're praying, and we're thinking And it doesn't happen it doesn't turn out the way that we want it to turn out that's when we can start to question you know why didn't God come through for me or why didn't God make this happen or change this person or this situation why didn't God fix this dilemma why didn't God heal this person So this is what I found out upon this first reading uh, this year at Luke 11. Since Jesus teaches that when we pray and ask, we will receive. I mean, that is one of the, that's one of the teachings. In fact, it's in this passage. He says, uh, when you ask, you'll receive. Let me suggest right at the front end of this teaching, I'm going to suggest that prayer isn't primarily about getting God to do something. I think that's really important uh, to know this. Otherwise, you can end up, as I did, you know, two or three years on in my uh, walk with Christ and getting terribly disillusioned because God wasn't giving me what I thought I needed at that time. The answers were no. And it really caused a lot of... uh, trouble for me. So let me suggest that prayer isn't about getting God to do something for you. Let's just say that at the front end. That prayer really isn't about talking God into something. It's more about receiving, but it's not necessarily about reminding God what you want or what you need so you can receive it. I think that's where we can get into trouble. I don't know where we pick up this idea that, you know, we have an idea of what we need and then we ask God and then God's supposed to answer that. I, I, I'm not sure where I picked that up but I've certainly picked it up and it was a real uh, faith crisis for me. When I went through a period of time where... The answer was no, no, no. Or even if it wasn't an answer, no, it was, it's not going to happen the way that you would like it to happen. Right? So Jesus, one of the interesting phrases that Jesus said is, he said, uh, when he's talking about prayer and he's trying to help his students understand it, he said, um, you know, people, if people, we say if you guys, if people, imperfect as they are, can have the capacity to give good things to their children, God would certainly do the same, don't you think? Meaning, of course, God's going to do what's best for you, Jesus said. He's using it as a contrast. He said, if people, imperfect as they are, know how to love their children, I'm talking about good parents here, right? If, if good parents know how to love their surely you can believe that God has good for you. Surely you can believe that. Well, not always. Not always. So, so prayer, prayer isn't really about learning a formula that if, if it's said properly... Uh, cajoles God into doing do something for us. It really has nothing to do with that at all. God doesn't need any cajoling because Jesus teaches that God desires to give you everything you need, right? Just like a good parent. God, that's already settled. God desires to give you everything you need. And the line that struck me was this, Jesus is talking and he says, everyone who asks, receives. And the first thing I thought was, well, receives what? Receives what? Because it's not necessarily what you're asking for, right? Because we've all had the experience of asking for something and it doesn't happen. And yet, when he's talking about prayer, when he's teaching about prayer, he says, Everyone who asks receives, everyone who searches finds, everyone who knocks on the door, it will be opened. So that got me thinking, you know, what do we receive? What do we receive? So here's the setup for the teaching. It's in Luke uh, chapter 11. And one day Jesus is praying. And uh, after he had finished praying, one of his disciples said to him, one of his students said to him, teach us how to pray. Teach us how how to do what you're doing. John the Baptist gave his students a prayer to say. Jesus, teach us how to pray. Now, that's quite fascinating. Just (laughs) when you think about it, it's worth noting that Jesus didn't give them a prayer to say, like a rote prayer to say, right? Right? He certainly modelled prayer for them. But Jesus' type of praying wasn't necessarily, you know, here's a couple paragraphs, pray this. Right? Initially, that was not the way he taught his disciples to pray. He would just go off to a quiet place. Now, the ancient people, 2,000 years ago, the Hebrew people already had prayers. They already had set prayers, but... One of the things I think his student, his disciple is saying is, well, be like all the other rabbis and and give us a special prayer to pray. Because John the Baptist gave his students a prayer. How come you don't give us a prayer? Well, I think it was probably because he was modeling a different, an entirely different way to pray. Because, you know, when Jesus prayed... He, the te- there's so many lines in the New Testament. It just says things like, he withdrew to a quiet place to pray. And that's all we get. Or it'll say things like, the text will say things like, early in the morning, while it's still dark, he leaves for a quiet place. So Jesus prayed all the time but he certainly models a different kind of prayer. Uh, it was certainly quiet, it was personal, it was intimate. It wasn't long, lengthy prayers in groups, or even in public, for that matter. Because, um, you know, 2,000 years ago, they would, they would pray in the, in the temple and whatnot. But he's, I think he's really getting at a different kind of prayer altogether. Nevertheless, the disciples ask for a prayer and he gives them one. It's very, very brief. It's the model really for a prayer. It's sort of the bare bones of a prayer. So when he's asked how to pray, he spends a lot of time talking about what God is like. And he begins the teaching on prayer, and he says, Okay, when you pray, say father. When you pray, you can call God father. Now, this has nothing to do with gender, right? This is nothing to do with being male. This is this is about this is describing a relationship. And can you imagine what the best father would look like so he's saying Jesus is saying when when you're talking to God okay you're talking to one like the best father so the first thing about prayer is you need to know what kind of God you're talking to because this is the best parent you could ever hope for this is prayer 101 who are you speaking to we'd say well I'm speaking to God okay well what kind of God are you praying to What kind of God are you talking to? Because how you answer that question profoundly affects how we pray or even if we pray, right? We all pick up ideas about what God is like. We all pick up ideas what we think God is like. Even if you're raised in a non-religious home, somehow We pick up notions about God. And Jesus spends quite a bit of time correcting our notions of God. They're usually wrong. They're usually wrong. Uh, Notions like, God will answer me if I'm good. That's wrong, Jesus would say. God will help me if I... Fill in the blank. And it's probably wrong. It's probably, (laughs) you know, um, or God is too big and too busy to care about my little problems. Wrong. Yeah. Many of our notions about God are wrong. Jesus says, first thing about prayer, God's like the best parent, or friend for that matter, You can use friend to that you can ever imagine. Because like the best father you could ever desire and imagine. If you can imagine the ideal father, you're getting just a little bit closer to knowing who you're actually talking to. Now, again, this whole idea of father, it's not about gender, it's about Closeness is about accessibility. What would you want in a in, in a father? You, you want accessibility, right? You want to be close. You want to be supported. You want to be loved. You want to be cared for. You want protection. You want uh, responsiveness. You want provision. Now, some of us, are, some of us are going to say, "Well, I didn't get that." No, maybe not. That's why I'm saying. Sometimes with Jesus' teachings, you have to sort of use your imagination first before the teaching makes sense. And if the father image doesn't work, you can use the mother image. If the mother image doesn't work, you can use a friend. I mean, Jesus is stressing, however you imagine God, you have to, it has to be one that you can trust It has to be a caring presence. It has to be a loving presence. It has to be a kind presence. God's presence, it has to be accessible. It has to be supportive. It has to be responsive. Right? Because if it's judgmental and critical and angry, why would you want to be sharing your heart with a God like that, right? You wouldn't. So... Who we imagine we're talking to is important. It's like, what's your picture of God? Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father. Meaning, we're talking about the best parent you could ever imagine. Ever. And much, much more than that. But, you know, we fall short when we're trying to describe God. Yeah, it's all about this whole parent figure. It's, it's about the ability to trust. Before you can start to talk, really, at a deep level. We need this with people, by the way. It's the same thing. Same is true for people. If you don't feel comfortable with someone, your conversations aren't going to go very deep, are they? Right? If you are wary of someone, if you think someone's going to be critical that's not a good relationship right it's not going to go very deep if someone has hurt you over and over you're not going to be vulnerable with that person you're going to be guarded in your approach and rightly so right if you don't trust a person you're going to be very careful what you say what you share in fact If you have to be too careful with someone, you'll find, well, I find anyway, I just don't really want to be around them that much. I mean, I want to be with people that are, uh, build me up, no, pull me down. There's enough in this world that pulls us down, right? So the principle is very similar. The same thing is true when we think about talking with God. If we think that God isn't interested in my petty concerns, or if I, I don't even know if God likes me, or I'm pretty sure that God doesn't approve of me, or I'll never be forgiven, or well, all these sorts of unspoken messages affect prayer. Because you might come to the point of might just come to think, what's the point of it all? You know, what's the point in prayer? What's the point? So, Jesus, when he starts to teach about prayer, it's all about having a trusting relationship. By the way, in the New Testament, I think I've mentioned this before, that that the word faith and trust in the New Testament are the same thing. So, if you say the phrase, I have faith in God, in the New Testament, it's the same thing as saying, I have trust in God. I think trust's a better word for us nowadays because we can relate to that better. And I think that that's maybe why uh, some of us, many of us, have our issues with prayer because the trust piece is a bit shaky for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Yeah, because, you know, the trust thing is so necessary because whatever it is we are concerned about or praying about, unless they're prayers of thanksgiving, we're often worried that we won't have what we need. This is what often brings us to prayer. We're worried about something. Now, it could be physical needs, right? Like, The traditional languages give us this day our daily bread. We could be worried about physical needs, or we could be worried about relationship concerns. Common thing, isn't it? The traditional languages forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's the same thing. Uh, We could have, we just could be going through really challenging times. In our life, just now, we're at a point in our life where we just seem to be more challenged. There's more stuff going on. There's a lot of stress in our lives. Traditional languages save us from this time of trial. I've just given you three of the petitions of the Lord's Prayer there in the traditional language. But when you get right down to it, it's all when Jesus teaches us how to pray and he gives us what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's really about, the heart of it is, common, everyday concerns in life that worry us. So, when Jesus is asked, teach us to pray, he takes all the common worries of life, and the big worry is, will I have enough? Will I be okay? That's the whole provision thing. And and it's broad, you know, if you take the traditional language, give us the stay our daily bread, it's like, well, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about a mortgage payment or finding a meaningful relationship? Well, <laughs> the answer is whatever, it, whatever you lack, right? That would be give us the stay our daily bread. That's the provision that's needed. Same thing with forgiveness. Forgive us our debts or our sins, Uh, again, Jesus takes common concerns of life and relationship. Same as the daily bread, choices. Choice for for living is always the same. so, So, okay, will you do this on, will you work this out on your own or will you learn how to trust God? it's like, okay, well, what if I don't trust? Okay, well, when we don't trust, uh, first of all, of course, as most of us have experienced, that's a heavy load to carry, right? And when we don't trust, we basically carry on living as we have always lived. There's no interruption, there's no change. So it seems to me that prayer is all about learning to trust rather than getting a yes to a specific request. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this. Um, and I think you'll have experienced this because we, we know this from our own experiences. Not every request is met with a yes, and nor should it be. And we often realize on hindsight, yeah, it's just as well that didn't work out the way that I was hoping it would work out because that really wouldn't have been the right thing. Right? We've all had that. Not every request is met with a yes and nor nor should it be. And it struck me that when Jesus is talking about prayer and he says, everyone who asks, receives. He's not saying you get your every request. I think, I wonder if it's what we receive is the capacity to trust in this particular situation. Because if I'm trusting, I'm less likely to make fear-based decisions, right? I'm less likely to push through and do life as usual, which can be different for each one of us. Some of us withdraw, some of us control, some of us just whatever, Our patterns, right? If I'm trusting, I'm less likely to insist something needs to look a particular way, right? If I'm trusting, why? Because, because I'm not solely looking to me to make life work. In other words, the praying changes me. I think it's fine to pray that God will change other people. Uh, I don't know if it, I'm not convinced it works that way. I'm pretty convinced that it it, it changes us. Um, Can you pray that God would change your circumstances? Yes, you can. But again, I have a feeling that it is more a case of uh, we are changed in the circumstances and that changes the way that we respond. It changes the way we react and that changes the choices that we make. So there is a shift. Not saying that things don't shift but I don't think it's a case that God comes down and zaps the situation away or whatever. I think it's a gentler kind of answer where we start to mellow and change and stop resisting, and that changes everything. So trust is such a huge thing. Jesus is saying, when you pray, it doesn't really matter what you're concerned about you have to remember who you're talking to. Because when we forget who we're talking to, when we forget that this is the one who knows me through and through, this is the one who wants good for me more than I want it for myself, when we forget that this is the one who is on my side, when we forget these sorts of basic truths were far more likely to climb into the driver's seat and go down the same old road, making the same old mistakes and trying to cope in the same old ways. So I think that trust is huge because it gives us a capacity to stop doing what we're doing and it opens us up to a new way. Because, you know, when you're really trusting and when you're waiting and when you're still, you know that kind of prayer that Jesus had, it was always, he went away to a quiet place. So he's not necessarily fixing things out with other people or talking things through or having a plan for this or a plan for that. I think it's a different kind of prayer. I think it's uh, more of a stillness type of prayer. Just like, okay, well... Maybe I won't just handle this person, this problem, this situation the way I normally do. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll wait. I mean, isn't that, that? remember that old phrase in the uh, Psalms, I think it is? My soul waits on the Lord more than a watchman waits for the morning. It's just like a quiet sort of waiting yeah, I know, morning's gonna come. But in the meantime, this is purposeful. Me not rushing on ahead, me waiting on God, me trusting, this is purposeful, this is this is Jesus the promise is yeah whoever asks receives. I think that receiving is all about the capacity and the ability to trust more. Now, you might have a particular place in your life or maybe more than one place where you're thinking, oh, yeah, I really (laughs) would like to be able to rest in this area. I'd, I'd really like to learn how to be quiet in this area and pray in this Jesus way, this sort of quiet, trusting way. And that's the beginning of all. That's the prayer. That's the heart cry. God, you know. You know the places I'm anxious. You know the places I need provision. You know the relationships I need help with. You, need, you know what I worry about. I don't even have to tell you these things. You you know these things better than I do. Teach me how to trust. Help me rest in you. That when I do speak, and when I do make a decision, and when I do step ahead, it will be in your way, the way that you would do things. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.